morning, I just got some coaching from Caleb before I came up here. He says, make sure that you're loud so everybody stays awake. He said it to me a couple times, so I don't know if that's the Holy Spirit working through him or just his, um, just him trying to be funny. But uh, uh, this morning, um, I apologize to our guests. We had some prep work, some reading uh, for this, so I hope you guys all read. Um, today, we're going to talk... Uh, very briefly about uh, the church as a body, and we're kind of only going to touch the surface of it. We're not really going to get too far into the details, but I wanted to just think a little bit about uh, that us as a a local church is a body, and then think about our physical bodies uh, as well as we, how we... um, to give us some thoughts to stir our minds on how this local body works. So I'm going to start today with a quiz. I know, worst idea ever. Spring forward and a quiz. So, uh, Andy, if you got the projector. Okay, so who can name for me one of the 11 systems in the body? I think there's only 11, but the doctors can correct me if they want. want I just want one. Nervous Nervous system. Circulatory. Circulatory. Which one? Digestive is one. Integumentary? Integumentary is actually one. <laughs> Good job, Andrew. All right, so there, uh, just so you know, how many knew that there was 11, 11 systems in the body? Okay, the doctors did. Um, <laughs> anybody that's not in the medical field know that there was 11 systems in the body. Um, so let me name them for you. And just... The reason why I'm doing this is not to test your fifth grade science knowledge, um, although it seems like some people remember things much better than others, Uh, but but to get us to think that there are systems in our body that work together, and there are systems that have different different functions. So there's the skeletal system um, that makes up the bones uh, and has uh, six different functions, and I could go through them. There's the endocrine system, which is our network of glands that release our hormones to our bodies. The muscular, um, we've already named the nervous, uh, respiratory, uh, immune system, urinary, reproductive. We mentioned circulatory and digestive. And then, I can't even pronounce it, but it's basically your skin cells. So Andrew, Andrew knew that one. Um, And they all have different functions, right? And they all work together doing a unique task or a unique function to help the body work as intended. So those systems, though, are made up of members, right? Members of each system. So um, those systems have multiple parts to them. And as we think about that, Uh, Just today as a a church, uh, we are members of this church, and there are different activities or functions that we're involved in, Um, and maybe not in all the same, but that's how we we form systems here in this local church to help the body move and grow and work uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's just open in a word of prayer. Father, we... Thank you for uh, the simple lessons and what we can physically see to, to show us what is 
spiritually happening, uh, to teach us how to, uh, how to live, how to work together. We, we thank you for your word, for the truth that is in it, that it's, every aspect of it, it has something to teach us. And so we uh, pray that as we uh, think about your word this morning, I pray for the Holy Spirit to work and those who are listening here this morning that just that he would be teaching and that the the words from my mouth would be uh, causing others to think and to uh, just encourage them to to be in your word, to to study it and to um, submit themselves to it. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I do have a handout here this morning. And Andrew, if you could help me. Keep one of these for myself. So we're going to do... We got a, I got a couple of different things. So I'm going to give a, a short uh, introduction here this morning. But I've got kind of three questions, really four questions. Um, for us to consider here this morning, but I want to give some background of where I'm going with this, so please do not try to, this is probably a bad, I'm not a teacher, so I probably should have waited for the handout, but um, let, let's just go through this. We, we looked at the body this morning um, because we are called as a body. Turn with me to Romans, Romans chapter 12. There are three main passages uh, about the body. Uh, as the church as a body, uh, they're found in Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, and Ephesians 4. These passages also have to correspond with spiritual gifts. We are not going to talk about uh, the spiritual gifts or get into them this morning. Uh, I'm really just kind of laying the first part of the groundwork of we are a body and uh, working together. So, I want to read Romans 12, uh, 3 and 4. Paul says this, For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt with each one's measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, for we, being many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. So just thinking of us as we are different, as this scripture says, we are individuals, but we make up a whole together. So it reminds us that the local church is a body. It's a singular body. It's not many bodies. I just want you to think about that. And uh, he further emphasizes that later. Just looking in here, there it's made up of many members, many different components, just like our physical body. Uh, we have, do not have the same function. Um, we don't look like robots. We're all different. Sometimes that uh, creates problems, right? That we think differently, we act differently, we react to problems differently. Um, but I, I think that's for our, for our help, so that we do not have the same function. So as we, as we think about this, uh, 
We don't have the same function. We don't have the same. We are one body, though. So we're, to, we're asked to work together in unity for the Lord's purpose. Turn with me now to 1 Corinthians 12. Just kind of touching the surface. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7. As we continue to think about, there's a varieties in what we do. There's differences. It says this in verse 4 of 1 Corinthians 12. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences in ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities in activities, but the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Now, what you might not recognize is that diversities and differences, that's the same word that Paul repeats three times. Diaresis, it means a distinction or a variety. And he's emphasizing that point three times, repeating it, that there are these differences in us. But then he also repeats three times this word autos, which means the same. It's the same Spirit, the same Lord, the same God. So although we may be different, maybe um, have differences in thoughts and opinions, we all serve, our, our unity comes not from ourselves, but from God. It comes from who He is. Our oneness is in Him and Him alone. That's where Paul's emphasis is in the sameness is in the one God. He even emphasizes it further in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 4. He emphasizes it. He says, there is one body, a singular, and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope in your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. So the emphasis is on the oneness we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn, turn back to Ephesians 2, though, and we're going to look at a couple verses here in verses 14 through 18. So we have this varieties in ourselves and this oneness in Christ, or this oneness in God Himself, and here is a verse in Ephesians that emphasizes this oneness, and it emphasizes a, a oneness of two different groups of two different groups of people. As uh, there was this problem that the Jews, right? They had the law; they had this religious uh, religious set of standards, and then the Gentiles, although in the law they allowed for Gentiles to, you know, come over to Judaism. Now, Jesus Christ or God is showing that through Jesus Christ, through His Son, that there is now a unity. And we just talked about that last week in Acts chapter uh, 10, that uh, there's this unity now of God choosing to call all men clean, that we should not call anyone unclean. So looking here at Ephesians 2, uh, starting in verse 14, Talking about Jesus Christ, it says, For he himself is our peace, who has made both one, 
and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is in the law, the commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, therefore putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off, that's the Gentiles, and to those who were near, the Jews. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. So we all have this oneness because of what Christ has done. His death fulfilled the law, but not only fulfilled the law, but also made it so that we could have fellowship with him. That those who were, did not necessarily live under the law could have the righteousness of God through him. And that's the only way we have righteousness, is through the Lord Jesus Christ. Not through our own works, not through anything we do, but through the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Now as we think of this body, uh, I think there's a, one thing to, for us to recognize and to consider. That this body is not our body. It is Jesus Christ's body, and that's emphasized in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 30, where, where Paul writes this, For we are members of his, as Christ's body, and his flesh, of his flesh and of his bones. And it doesn't just emphasize that we are his body, it also emphasizes that he is the head of the body. Uh, Colossians 1.18 says this, And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. So as we uh, think about these thoughts, that we are different, but our oneness is in Jesus, in, in God, and through Jesus Christ, and that we are... Re- representatives of his body, and he is the head, I want us to consider these questions. So I think there's enough people here that we can split into some small groups, three or four, uh, and take a little bit of time to, to consider these, these uh, four questions that I have kind of laid out. Um, I want to give you till about 20 till. Uh, so, and then we'll kind of come back together and, and talk a little bit about these questions. So let me, let me read them. Jesus Christ is referred to the head of the church. What does this mean and how does this affect us? That's the first question I want us to think about. Um, looking at our, our human bodies, about our physical bodies, what observations can we make about the church body? I think there's things there that we can um, glean about how our bodies work to how Uh, we as a church uh, should function. Uh, Each believer has a gift from the Holy Spirit. Uh, So we know that. So what happens if our human bodies, when our systems or members are not working? So what happens when we choose not to use the gift? And what if we neglect or allow our gift to grow cold? We, We hear Paul warning Timothy twice. Uh, not to once to not neglect his gift, but in another time to not allow it to grow cold. So those are two warnings of things that could happen 
uh, for us in, in using our gifts. And so we want to consider that and consider ways that we can uh, prevent that from happening to us. So uh, let's split in um, three or four, three or four people each. So uh, split into small groups now and discuss these questions. That requires movement. All right, as we thought about uh, the church as the body and who's our head, so the first question was, Jesus Christ is referred to as the head of the church. What does this, uh, this mean and how does it affect us? Any, any comments? Yeah, go for it. So we said that the head directs the body. Um, a lot of stuff goes through the head to the body. Mm-hmm. Communication between the and, and the body. Yes. So I think so. There's direction and communication, and then I think there's a dependency. I think those are the three things you you highlighted there. Okay. Anybody else? Any other thoughts? Yeah, Jack. So a couple of thoughts. We had the thought that Jesus is also the capstone, like in a large how he holds the two. Mm-hmm. Interdependency with one another, but uh, that dependency is based on the Lord Jesus Christ as the the cornerstone. As you talked, and then he's he's the one that gives us that uh, commonality together. Add on just what God was saying, but you know, we brought it up, and you just can't uh, do it all. You know, um, just be on your own. Mm-hmm. You know, like a lot of people like to say, you know, to, you got to depend on Christ. He's the head. Can't make it up as you go along. Right. A lot of churches, or today modern churches, are a lot of bodies that just sort of saying, "Well, you know, this is how we feel about it." You know, they're sort of making it up and totally going against the scripture, totally going against the leadership of Christ type things. Mm-hmm. Just kind of adding on to what Jack was saying. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, very similar to uh, to the aspect of obedience to the head. Um, mm-hmm. You know, think about the body. The head wants you to go somewhere, and the body says, "No, we're going the opposite direction," and it doesn't work. And so, that aspect, the purpose, of direction, and authority, but there's also the aspect of obedience to the head mm-hmm. for for the body to work. Yeah, that was that was mentioned in a group I was sitting with. Is that it requires us to obey to obey him, the head. Just a good thought, Joe. One of the persons in our group had a great uh, thing. The head, say if the left hand is hurting, the, uh, the, the brain can, or the head can tell the right hand, pick it up, okay, that, you know, do things a little more, a little more with your, yeah, the right hand. The right hand may not know why it's doing all this extra work, 
but that's the, but the brain, you know, the, the head tells it. I mean, I thought that was, uh, the, yeah, that's a great, uh, you know, thing to think about. Yeah, it is. And I, I actually kind of stems into the, the second, the second question that was asked there was uh, based on our, on our bodies and how they function, like that, what observations uh, can we make about the, the church body? Anything? That there are many different roles. I mean, it's dangerous to overemphasize a single role. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Sean. Sean. I think it illustrates how important fellowship is. There, one single part of the body can't survive outside of the body. Mm -hmm. So you have to be a part of the body in order to survive. Other thoughts? And they're still all falling under the head. Mm -hmm. In the body, or all the different bodies of the church are still under the head. Another aspect we haven't really talked about it, but uh, you know, the, the body, uh, other people observe the body, and yet there is one who is observing this body, the head. And when one, you know, you have all heard the story about the conductor who was in the orchestra and the little pickle of not playing, thinking it's not worth it, and the conductor hears it, and everyone else doesn't know about it, and, but the one who's conducting knows it, and I think of that aspect of the Lord looking at his body and wishing that all members would, uh, you know, do the things that they've been given gifted to do and do the things that the Lord wants them to do. Amen having all the body, and even though it may not seem important, it is important. I think uh, Sarah and our group had a, a good observation that uh, most of these members are not seen um, in the body. And that was, it's kind of something that we think about, like uh, I'm seen here this morning, but there's many people that do things to make this local body work that aren't seen. And um, those... <laughs> Those, that work is in some ways more important than, than what you have here this morning or just as important. Right, yeah, we had that same point in the fact that we have members of organs that aren't seen. If those aren't working, I don't care how, you know, the group was saying that it doesn't matter how many good creatures we have or how many, you know, things we look like on the outside, mm -hmm. our church just doesn't function. It's mm -hmm. not working. I saw another hand in the back. Yeah. I was just thinking, like, yeah, some of the individual parts, like the intestines and bladder, there's kind of along the same lines, there's dirty work to be done. And, uh, maybe those parts don't get all the glory, but they're extremely important. Okay. Uh, moving on to the, the question number three. Um, each believer has a, a, a gift from the Holy Spirit. So uh, just kind of tracing our human bodies, I think Joe's already talked a little bit about what happens if a, a, a part isn't functioning. Somebody else may have to 
may have to uh, do more work. Is there any other thoughts about um, if something's not working, what, what ha- has to happen? Yeah, Joe. See, if you do not use your gift that's given to you, you affect uh, others. It's not only you uh, not using it, but you do affect others in the body. So if you think about uh, you know, your hand, your hand says, oh, I'm not going to do this. Well, it does affect other things, right? I mean, you cannot feed yourself, you know. Just an example, but you, you think about each part of the body, you think about it, if, uh, if one of them decides not to work uh, or not to do something, you know. It's all interdependent. Yeah, Mary? We were talking with Gloria, Gloria's back was hurting, she really couldn't function properly, so we went to get help, and the chiropractor gave her exercises, and then she could function, so as a body, we need to help each other, and mm-hmm. encourage each other, and, and each other up in that. Yes. Uh, help each other, encourage each other, it's a great thought. And then I, we have these kind of two warnings here, I think, to Timothy, that Paul gives to Timothy specifically, one about... Uh, being concerned about neglecting his gift and the other one about allowing his gift to grow cold. Any, any thoughts that the different groups had on, had on that? I right away thought of Ephesians 4, um, 12 to 14, which is stating everything in the positive when all the gifts are running as they should. You just take the opposite of all that. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of sobering, right, to think that we could affect... Um, a, I think it's important for us to realize, like Abe said, that um, the Lord Jesus is watching. He wants us to use those gifts. He's given to us, given them to us for for us to use it. He knows uh, if we're using it or not, and he not that he's judging, but he wants us because he wants us to to work together with others. Um, and then if we neglect or, or allow our gift to go cold, others, the body has to to work harder. Um, you know, there's some things uh, like your gallbladder that may seem like redundant or not needed, um, but they but they definitely are. And so when they're removed or your appendix, uh, uh, other body, other systems in the body seem to have to work harder to make up for those those systems that are lost or those members are lost. Yeah, Lauren. And I think it goes back to what I think one of the women already said, but the importance of encouraging one another. Um, and I think of like the first Thessalonian verses where it just talks about encouraging one another in um, First Thessalonians 5.15 says make sure that nobody or um, sorry, 14. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, among those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, help the weak and be patient with everyone. And um, you know, we're not yet made perfect. Mm-hmm. And Christ is a unifier. And us as the body, we need to be patient with one another to send up. Yeah. It's just parts of the body that <clears throat> gets hurt. Different times. Yeah. Um, right. And thank, I'm thankful that we have a body that can help each other. Yes. Yeah. Well, that this is the way the Lord has arranged it, so that uh, us as imperfect, imperfect people, still being sanctified, uh, being brought more into the likeness of His Son uh, day by day, uh, work together to help us um, do the work that the Lord Jesus Christ has had us here to do and to help one another through our uh, difficulties and difficult circumstances. All right, I'm over time. So, uh, Joe, you got one other thought? 
it's only in the New Testament we find the analogy of the body and the church. Okay, mm -hmm. and uh, I think there's a, I mean, in my mind, there's a specific reason for that because we all understand what our body is, and we should understand what our church, the church is. The church is the body. Excellent. All right, let's close in a, a word of prayer. Father, we thank you that uh, we are a, a body uh, together that can help one another. Father, help these thoughts here this morning as I've, I've been encouraged by different, different thoughts that have been shared that they would uh, stay with us and help us to um, think about how we're helping one another, how we're using our gifts, and uh, to uh, also uh, realize that a lot of what people are doing may, may not be seen. And so we... Um, we just thank you for the variety uh, that you've made us and that we're all different, and, uh, but we have our unity in you. And so we, we thank you for that, that you provide the unity for us, that you have provided a way of salvation for us through your son. Help us uh, as we draw our thoughts together to think about your son and uh, honor him and uh, worship here in the next hour to, um, to just continue to give you praise and glory for what you've done for us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.